0: And it's an unconditional love we cannot describe we don't have the human language to describe it but i felt totally supported i felt non-judged didn't matter what i'd done in the past or what anybody had done to me i didn't care what aches and pains my body had or illnesses it had i just felt in this incredibly loving and caring blissful state of unconditional love
1: this is before it's too late I'm your host, Christiane Susan. Let's learn together what matters most in life. We're happy to speak with D. Neil Elliott today. Neil shares with us his fascinating transformational journey when he was a highly educated professional engineer, had a successful career, an amazing wife and family, but things were not at all what they seemed to be. Neil was in a dark place. In this episode, he's talking about how he then, quite by accident, discovered a higher road and how he, by traveling that road, found the key to fundamentally transforming his life. Neil is explaining to us his scientific discoveries behind his transformation and how science works together with spiritual concepts in order to explain the truth of our existence in a factual, rational, and engaging way. In particular, he is discussing consciousness within a biological framework, as consciousness is something that happens in our bodies. For that everyone who is interested can follow this path as well, he has written a book with the title A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spirituality. Today, Neil's goal is to bring this world to another era of love and peace by helping his clients take this higher road. D. Neil Elliott, we're excited to have you as our guest on Before It's Too Late today. Hello, Neil. Welcome to Before It's Too Late
0: Hi, how are you today? And yeah, no, this is great. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited to have you as my guest, Neil, because I find your story really intriguing, your transformational journey you are going to share with us today. And Neil, you are, by education and training, a professional engineer, and to any outsider, You were highly educated, owned a profitable consulting firm, and had a successful career, an amazing wife and family. But things were not at all they seemed to be. You were facing a lot of challenges, I think, at the age of 57. Is that correct?
0: Yes, that is
1: correct. You hit rock bottom, feeling depressed, anxious, and trapped. Please share with us what happened when you realized you were in a truly dark place.
0: Great question. So let me give a little bit of history for people, a little bit of context, so it'll help them with this story. So I was born in 1960, and I was, you know, working as a professional engineer for a large hydroelectric utility and managing large projects. And in, I decided to go out into consulting in 2002. And so I left that employment and I, I started a consulting firm. And from 2002, unbeknownst and unknowingly to me, I did this to myself. But what happened was from 2002 to 2015, I slowly drove myself into this really deep, dark, despondent depression. When you're a consultant, you know, you're always putting your best foot forward. You're working hard because you want to ensure your clients are well served. If you don't do a good job, you don't get repeat business. So you, so you work hard. You don't get paid when you take vacation. You don't get paid when you're sick. And so for me, life became about work, 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 work. So I slowly drove myself into this really deep, dark depression. And And we all wear this facade. We can project mm-hmm. whatever we want. To family, friends, clients. So no one knew I was there. My wife didn't know I was there. My family didn't know I was there. But I recognized myself I was there. So in 2015, I thought I need to do something to get out of this depression. And so I picked up some newly issued scientific books. I picked up some spiritual books. And I started to go through this process to try and figure out a way to get me out of this situation I was in. In November of 2017, our house had been on the market for five years. And it finally sold. And my wife uh, jumped on an airplane to visit family and friends in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we were in this little one bedroom rental apartment. And I was just done with life. This studying and this process I'd gone through didn't seem to help. I I knew a bunch of stuff intellectually, Mm. but I couldn't internalize it. And so... I sat down at this little one bedroom apartment kitchen table, crafted out my suicide note and planned my suicide. And and I was planning it out about, yeah, (laughs) I was planning it out about three months in the future to ensure I could say goodbye to family and friends without them knowing what I was going to do and also to you know get rid of all the stuff that i accumulated over a lifetime we all do this we buy things and we have it and it plugs up our attics and our basement and every cupboard in the house so i thought it, you know no one needs to deal with that when someone's gone so i thought i'd i'd lighten the load so to speak for my wife when i finally pulled the trigger but a mm-hmm. week prior to that some information had fortuitously found its way to me And it promised to liberate me from my thinking if I studied it and I followed it. And I was looking for any kind of sliver of hope to keep going. And so I thought, okay, I'll give this one last chance. I'll study this information because it was so logical and it was rational and and it was based in science. It made sense to me. And I thought, okay, well, I'll study this because it promised to liberate me from my thinking. So I embarked on this journey. I pushed out the date of my suicide. I thought, okay, I'll study this. If it works, great. And if it doesn't work, I can always pull the trigger. So I began this journey uh, late November 2017. And I started studying this material. And it was making so much sense to me. I just kept going with it and following the process. And a year later, uh, November 2018, so I was 58 at the time, you know, I just, I woke up and my depression was totally gone. I felt full of this inner peace and love and, and joy. And even though nothing changed in my environment, I felt totally prosperous and abundant. I was grateful for everything that I had. And as a matter of fact, it was the less I have, the more grateful I am. You know, we don't need a lot to be happy. We just need to have the right attitude and perspective of life to be happy and anyway about a month after that so 13 months after i began this process i went into two meditations two days apart and as you go through this meditation you go through this raising of vibrational frequency of your consciousness so i went into this meditation and very quickly, I raised the vibrational frequency of my consciousness. And the spiritual energy just flowed in through my head and it filled my body. And then it totally enveloped me in unconditional love. And it's an unconditional love we cannot describe. We don't have the human language to describe it. But I felt totally supported. I felt non-judged. Didn't matter what I'd done in the past or what anybody had done to me. I didn't care what aches and pains my body had or illnesses it had. I just felt in this incredibly loving and caring and blissful state of unconditional love. And I could have just stayed there forever. I wanted to stay there forever. I came out of that meditation. Two days later, I had the exact same meditation. And at that point, I knew that this knowledge I gained in this process I followed is our truth. And I wanted to you know share this from the rooftops right like get on a rooftop and start shouting it and I mm-hmm. thought well, I'm gonna I'll be looked at like an idiot if I do that so I won't do that and it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to share this is to write a book so uh, a couple of years later I decided I'd write a book it took me a little a year and a few months to get it published and it was published last year so September 2021 and what's the
1: title exactly uh, the,
0: So the title itself is A Higher Road. The subtitle is Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually. It's a seven-step process to inner peace, love, joy, abundance, and prosperity. So it's available wherever books are sold, Amazon or through bookstores. It's available globally. And in that book, what I do is, is I share with people. The book has five parts to it. So... The first part's really kind of an overview of what you're going to experience by reading the book. Mm -hmm. Part two is a really, I'm a private person, but I felt it was important to write this really candid memoir to share with people um, the the patterns of thinking and feeling that I adopted and reinforced over a lifetime that drove me to this place of sitting down and, and planning out my suicide. And we all do this. We Each of us creates our every tomorrows and every experience that comes into our lives. And when you understand the mechanics of the universe, and that's the book will explain some of this, you will then be able to have this conscious ability to decide to change your life or carry on living like you do. And it's entirely your choice. No right or wrong, no good or bad. Anyway, the second part is this candid memoir. The third part of the book is really... chapter designed it's based in science and it's designed to bring everybody to the same understanding and point of a new concept of what consciousness is and then the fourth part of the book I share some truths I call them truths I share some of the new knowledge and the writings that I make available to everybody for free once they've read my book and, and reach out to me that I used that transformed my thinking and changed my life. And then the fifth part of the book is my personal experience as I went through these seven steps. And so my recommended way to read A Higher Road is read it cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety. If it resonates with you and makes sense to you, then go back and start with either some of the science material or start directly with step one. And if it doesn't resonate with you, put it on your shelf and read it in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Or, you know, you could also, if you bought a print copy, give it to somebody else without any colorful commentary and let them make a decision for themselves, discover this process for themselves and make a decision whether it makes sense to them. Because I can tell you that if this process resonates with you, if it makes sense to you and you follow it and you do the work, you, will totally transfer, you can totally transform your life. So if you are unhappy with your life in any way, shape or form, I can tell you that this is the path to inner peace and joy and safety and security and prosperity and abundance, regardless of what's happening in the world around you.
1: Wow, that is so powerful and interesting what you're sharing, Neil. Can I ask you, do you think that any individual needs to hit rock bottom first in order to be ready for this transformational journey?
0: No, I don't think that that is necessarily the case. I think um, that a lot of people do that. You know, the phrase I'm going to use is this, it's only through lessons of suffering will the journey in soul gain, gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after it is discarded, the ego. So we talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, I don't think you do. I think what you need to do is you need to be open and you need to be curious and you need to be willing to explore some new information in a non-judgmental way. So you have to really keep your preconceived notions and judgments out of the way as you read this material. And if you can do that, It can pique your interest and curiosity and it will stir something in you or it may stir something in you that then you want to explore this further and follow the process. It won't resonate with some people. Some people are just going to say, no, you know, not for me. And they may use different language and that's okay. There's no right or wrong, good or bad. But I can tell you really honestly, if it doesn't matter whether you live in a mansion or on the street or whether you're wealthy or you're poor whether you're ill or you're healthy, you can totally transform your life if you can find a path that works for you to the top of the mountain. There's many paths to the top of the mountain, but I can tell you that this is a direct, straight, logical, rational path that may resonate with many, many people.
1: And how do you think can scientific discoveries and spiritual spiritual concepts work together to explain the truth of our existence in a factual, rational, and engaging way for such that it's compelling and convincing also to those who are rather on the ego-driven path of be it fear or be it not trusting not not for whatever reason not being able to trust into concepts like consciousness and handing it over to the universe etc
0: yeah i might not get into this too deep but because there's so much to talk about but uh let me answer that question and take me a little bit of time here so you know, first thing I had to do is I had to come to an understanding, and that's what part three of my book is about, and it takes people through this process. But I had to come to an understanding that everything that I thought and believed as right or wrong, good or bad, true or false, is really just a belief. It's something that we have picked up as a, as we grew from babyhood to adulthood we were influenced and our subconscious mind began this programming as a child as a as a baby through childhood that we've reinforced and things that you've embedded in your subconscious mind that are to you logical and rational and make sense and, and we prove it in science. So we know it's absolutely true. Even though you believe that I can tell you that everything that you think is just a belief. And when you can bring your beliefs back into alignment with where we come from and where we return to after death of the ephemeral body, then you can begin this journey within that will connect you back with our creator, whether you want to call it God or Yahweh, the the Tao, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter, that will get you connected back with our creator. And when you make this connection, you will feel the inflow of this spiritual energy that will assist you and help you along this process of awakening. And then once you're spiritually awakened, then you begin this process of ascension to coming back in alignment with who we are and to where we return to. So I'll say one more thing, and then I'm going to answer your question specifically. This process that we come here, our souls, the reason we come here is we are on this evolutionary journey of the soul. For the soul to be incarnated here in varying lifetimes, many lifetimes, as uh, male or female, sometimes religious, sometimes not religious at all, sometimes wealthy, sometimes poor. And all of these varying experiences in, in places of origin that we come from and different cultures that we're born into are to give our soul, to help our soul learn the lessons that it wants to learn on this evolutionary process of the soul. And when the soul finally wakes up and realizes what it's doing to itself through these fundamental laws of the universe, through your thinking and your feeling, which is described, uh, if you complete all seven steps, you'll understand this, but everything that you think in everything that you feel creates these consciousness blueprints that magnetize to themselves a like event or like experience that comes into your life consistent with your thinking and feeling. So if you want to change your life, you need to understand that everything that you think is right or wrong, good or bad, true or false, is the first thing is to understand it's really just a belief. And when you can go through this process to understand this, then the question becomes, well, what do I need to do to change my beliefs? If it is really just a belief, because these things we've programmed in our subconscious are like concrete, we have to be able to break them up and dissolve them. So you need a process to do this, Mm -hmm. to be able to fundamentally change how you think. Mm -hmm. And the next thing, if you can understand, and all of this talked about in the book, but if you can understand that what you think about affects your biology, either draws to you illness or health, then you can start to make this scientific connection between what I think will affect my biology, what I think will attract to me things that I both love and like or things that I merely endure. So for example, to get back to your question, so let's talk about when did consciousness first creep into living matter? So we'll have this little conversation about consciousness. So science believes, so if you think about a cell in a body, so the sperm fertilizes the ovum, And over a nine-month period, this intricate body's built with all the varying organs and parts, and then, you know, birthed and then born. There's over 50 trillion cells in a body. And what science knows today is that every cell in the body has the library of information for the entire body. The only difference between a skin cell and a liver cell is the work that it does. So these cells get together, they're tasked with building a liver. They never intrude on each other's work. They never suddenly spring into making an ear when they're making a liver. And they build and they maintain this liver over a lifetime. And that's the same with everything in your body. All cells we know have the entire library of information for the entire body. The only difference is the work that they do. So when you look at one cell, and it has uh, a cell has this permeable membrane around it, which gives it individuality, and the cell can discern what nutrition is going to be good for it and healthy for it, and will accept that through the permeable membrane. It can then distinguish when there's this buildup of toxic waste, and it ejects that out of the membrane, so it does not uh, cause itself harm. So that, if you look at that, that is a first act of consciousness. It is purposeful and as a specific task associated with it to keep it healthy, to keep it fed, to keep it healthy. And so if you look at that, then you say, okay, well, if there is consciousness in a cell, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the living molecules that combine together to make a cell? Now I'm going back in evolutionary time here. So science believes there was a big bang. They don't know of what. What happened was, you know, electromagnetism came into being. And over a period of time, there was uh, this fusion of electrical particles to create elements. Elements randomly got together to create the first living molecule. And the first living molecules randomly got together to to create the first living cell. But if there's consciousness in a cell then why wouldn't there be consciousness in the living molecules that combine to make the first cell? And if there is consciousness in the living molecules that combine together to make the first cell, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the elements that combine together in a very unique way to create the very first living molecule? And if you can go back that far, then you can also ask yourself the question, if there's consciousness in the elements, Why wouldn't there be consciousness in the electrical particles and or waves that got together to combine, that fused together to create the first elements? And if there's consciousness in those uh, first elements, in that first uh, electrical particles that combined, then what came out of the Big Bang? And so when you go through this process, you will read this material, you will understand that we are not matter imbued with consciousness. We Mm -hmm. are consciousness made visible through descent of vibrational frequency of consciousness that draws and bonds these electrical particles together to create elements to create these living molecules and and the various things we see in the material universe. And to actually grasp this and understand it, there's there's a bunch of material you need to read and some new knowledge that's all presented in this really logical and rational way for you to grasp this understanding. And when you go through this process, you will learn how to do a meditation where you enter into the silence and the stillness of your mind. And you're going to learn this later in the process because there's a bunch of knowledge you need to learn first. But... When you go through this meditation, you enter into the silence of the stillness of the mind. The reason we do this is because our Creator is such a so spiritually refined and such a high vibrational frequency that even though it emits unconditional love unstintingly to all of creation, all the time, every nanosecond of the day. It cannot enter into our human consciousness and make itself known to us until we start to go through this process of raising our vibrational frequency of consciousness. And our creator is in silence and stillness and equilibrium of these primary impulses of creation that were ripped apart at the Big Bang. So in order to make this contact, you need to enter into the silence, the stillness of your mind, and you will be taught how to or you'll be given instructions how to do this—to totally stop all thoughts in your mind in this meditative process.es And there may be p- some people say, "Well, you can't stop all your thoughts." I can tell you that you can, because I've done it. It takes practice mm-hmm. and it takes some work, but if you're do if you're diligent with it, you can. And then when you do, you will imperceptively and slowly start to change your consciousness. And you know, so I'll just I'll put this out like. What we see in our environment around us is a merely a reflection of our beliefs. You change your beliefs, you change what you see. And I'll give you an example of this. is During this pandemic, just down the street from us, there's a historic building that has these large stairs. You enter the building on the second floor. So from ground level up these large stairs and into, into the entrance of this building on the second floor two friends of mine, two women were walking down the street. There was no one else around because we're in the pandemic. And as they approached the base of this building, there was a elderly woman that came out of the second floor and she was really angry and she was gesticulating wildly. And she stared down at them and she pointed at them and she yelled at them in a very angry way, you know, stare all you want. I don't care. Think what you will. And one woman At the base of the stairs, she thought, oh my goodness, this person is dangerous. I'm going to phone the police. So she stepped back and dialed 911, which is uh, the number we dial here in Canada, to to reach the police. The other woman at the base of the stairs, she, she looked up and she said, I wonder if this woman needs help. I wonder if she's okay. So she reached out to her and said, are you okay? Do you need some help? And as soon as the woman at the top of the stairs heard that, she calmed right down. She explained her story. She explained why she was angry and upset. The only difference for the two people at the bottom of the stairs observing this interaction, the only difference are the patterns of thinking and feeling that you adopted as a child, reinforced and embedded in your subconscious mind. Hmm. And so if you want to change your life, This goes back to what you see is merely a reflection of your beliefs. What you believe is only a belief. It's not the absolute truth. And as soon as you can go through this process to shift your thinking and your feeling and come back to be congruent and in alignment with where we come from and where we return after death of the body, and you become congruent with that truth, which is unconditional love, then you view the world differently. And you view everyone with compassion and love. Now that doesn't mean like I'm still a work in the progress. I huh? I'm still cleansing things out of my consciousness that still need to be cleansed that are still yeah. ego driven issues.
1: And but that I holds can rest- for each and everybody of us, doesn't it? I mean, it's an it's a process, a lifelong process, isn't it, to raise your consciousness?
0: It is. It is a process, and the how long that takes. Right now, it's being sped up because of this new dispensation of energy around the world. And if you start this process, it will certainly happen more rapidly today than it would have 50 or 100 years ago because of this, all this other spiritual help that we can now receive. So there is a transformation that's happening around the world, even though it seems pretty bleak. And you're going to learn that. What you think about creates these blueprints of consciousness that will eventually manifest a like event or like experience into your life consistent with your thinking and feeling, whether it's a loving, kind thought or a hateful, vengeful, denigrating, critical, judgmental thought. You will get a like experience and all of these things are designed, the ego is merely a tool of the divine to create individuality out of the wholeness and the unity of the divine. Our souls are all united as one in the divine. And in order to shape and hone your personality so that you can retain that individuality after many, many lifetimes and not be re- when you're not reincarnated again, when you've gone through this process of transcending your ego, you'll remain in the divine through various dimensions, but you retain your individuality because of all of these lessons that you've learned over this evolutionary process of the soul. And so... You know, our, goal, our goals are all the same. Everybody's soul is equal. Everybody's soul is unconditional love. Everybody's soul is nurturing and caring and compassionate. But when we let our ego run amok and we let our ego and our externalities drive our world and our beliefs, we create all these things like wars and hate and racism. and, and mm. You know, all the various things that we see as negative in this world. And so individually we do this, but collectively we do this. So when we're all reading newspapers, when we're all watching these violent, denigrating, hateful, vengeful movies, and when we're all reading this stuff in the newspapers and, and listening to it on the news, collectively we create these consciousness of, of these blueprints of consciousness forms that must come into manifested form. It is a law of cause and effect. And so... All of the things that, you know, all the wars and stuff that are that we experience take a long time to manifest, but they will come in a manifested form because it is a law of cause and effect in this dimension. Now, but you can ex- have a different experience of those negative things that are going on around you, and you will when you change your consciousness. You will see them as an act of love to create experiences for all the various souls that are involved in this holographic play at the moment, if you will, to learn these various things. So I've really kind of gone all over the place here and probably perhaps beyond the time that you were expecting.
1: But that, Neil, is totally fine because I find your work and what you have been sharing with us so important. I think it's essential for each of us as we all badly badly need this transformational journey mm. in the beginning you told me that your goal and i really loved that your goal is to bring this world to another era of love and peace and now we really understand after you have explain to us all of the things you have experienced and found and how you have developed this journey also into a book such that everybody can profit from that. I would really like you to ask what you want your legacy to be other than money.
0: Yeah, so great question. So I would like to help as many people as I possibly can to help them understand how to awaken and and take this ascension process. Because I can tell you that the more of us that do this and change our consciousness and change our patterns of thinking and feeling and expressing ourselves in this world... You come back to this inner state, like all of the peace the joy the love the beauty and the prosperity that you are seeking it's all inside of you you just need no to know how to unlock it and then bring it forth and when your soul can gain mastery of your life and expression in your life and and keep your ego in abeyance if you will The ego is a divinely ordained tool, but when you can keep it in abeyance and you become this expression of unconditional love, we will eventually all join hearts and hands and we will create a new era of love and peace in the world. And I just want to help as many people as I possibly can to enter into this state because it's there and it's ready and it's available to you and you do not have to live in misery and pain and and deprivation and be suffering. You know, whether you're wealthy or poor, money doesn't matter. Money is irrelevant. Money doesn't give you happiness. But this process will, this coming back to your truth, will provide you absolute joy and peace and love. If you can express that to others, you will help propagate this process.
1: Mm, I love that, Neil. And uh, what better legacy can you create than, than that? But let me ask you, at the end, what, what do you think is the biggest challenge on that higher road?
0: So it's a simple process. The biggest challenge is you have to deal with yourself. So you're going to have to be really honest with yourself and you're going to have to open yourself up to really look at yourself in a new way and then take the necessary steps to really cleanse your. There's a whole process of cleansing your consciousness and rebuilding it. And you need to be open to do it. And when you're open to do it and you're willing to accept that you are the creator of everything that comes into your life, be it something that you love or merely endure, when you can actually understand all of these processes and then accept this, you begin this process to bring yourself back to your truth.
1: And how did your family actually react from the moment when you started your higher road, as you shared the story on the kitchen table? Were they surprised or of how you had changed? Or tell us more about that.
0: So I, and I share all of this in my book, but I didn't tell anybody I was going through this process. And the reason I didn't tell anybody is because You need to, there's a bunch of knowledge that you need to gain. It's all logical. Everybody can understand it. But there's a bunch of knowledge that you need to gain. And then you need to go through this process to make contact. And it takes time. uh, And it takes energy. And what you don't want to do is have any doubt. When you're reading something that you're kind of going, I don't know about this. You want to be able to keep that doubt in abeyance and so you might use a positive affirmation or focus on things that really make sense to you and that you can really grasp onto because these changes happen slowly and imperceptibly and so you really need to get yourself into this solid place and it probably took me a year and a half to 2 years to be at a place where it doesn't matter what anybody says to me i know the truth i do have i have zero doubt and so I didn't share this with anybody because I knew that if I got into an argument with people or a, a discussion with people where there's this varying opinion that they might instill this doubt in me. And I did not want to do that. So I didn't tell anybody about it until I was absolutely solid. doesn't matter what anybody says to me now. You can tell or you can say whatever you want. I know the truth and i'm on the path you don't have to believe it that's okay <laughs> everybody oh, is yeah. where they need to be on their path so that's so um,
1: relatable and so important that you share yeah, this because yeah. it's encouraging
0: my family when they when i finally came out so to speak you know they were a little bit shocked to begin with because this has been a personal journey a soul journey and only you can do the work for yourself you can't do it for anybody else And so you've got to do this work by yourself. So it was a bit of a surprise for them. And because I'm still a work in progress, I still do things that I don't want to be doing, but my ego still jumps in and does these things. Now I can recognize it and I can begin to work on those things to clear them up.
1: Thank you so much, Neil, for having been our guest on Before It's Too Late Today. I'll definitely put your book in the description. Your author's name is D. Neil Elliott. And thank you so much for sharing these essential, most important findings about your higher road.
0: Thank you so much, Christiane. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you.
1: I really enjoyed this profound conversation, and I hope you did too. For more episodes of Before It's Too Late, make sure to subscribe. If this episode spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you think might benefit from it. Thank you for listening.